Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who will not eat my oatmeal raisin cookies, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah, I mean, no one should eat oatmeal raisin cookies. They're disgusting. Like, if you were to, like, legitimately rank every cookie, oatmeal raisin would be, like, one of the worst Like, number ones. three? What, number two? What is it? What is it? Does it beat out, like, a snickerdoodle to you? Probably. Oh, that's crazy. Probably. That's crazy. I'd have to, I'd have to. No, no, no. There's no, side, no one, if you were to poll 100 people, <clears throat> 85 to 90 of them would take a snickerdoodle. Mm. I don't know. That's I think that's up oatmeal for debate. And, I'm not sure about oatmeal that. raisin has two ingredients in it that you don't want to eat. Mm. People aren't like they people don't, you know, go about their day and they're like, God, I can't wait to have oatmeal. They go, I can't Oatmeal's, wait. I, love I can't oatmeal. wait to have chocolate. Can't wait to have cinnamon, you know? Mm. Not not peanut butter. And then the other thing, raisins, raisins. When I was like six, I was given raisins as dessert. I hated them. Disgusting. They were they're a way worse chocolate. Why would you get your sugar from a raisin? Get it from chocolate. Chocolate is better. So yeah, I'm not going to eat your stupid oatmeal raisin cookies. That was a great thing to get because I won't eat them. That was, yeah, that was no. lovely. I appreciate that. I don't have to worry about looking at the box and there being like half of a cookie left or something one day. <laughs> don't have to worry about that. No, no dessert monster on the oatmeal raisin cookies. But look, we, we have a great podcast planned for today. Unfortunately, uh, no Ben O'Brien. You know, I'll fault this one a little more on me today because I had to move it around. Although I think you kind of had to move it around a little bit too. Um, but I'll, I'll take the one on the chin for this one that why, why Benny can't be here. So Ben, I'm sorry you're not here. And, and you know what? I won't even blame you for not being here. Um, cause I'm sure he's listening right now. Hmm. Um, but I could, and you wouldn't be able to fight back. I just, I just want that known. So next podcast when I'm out and it's, it's not even my fault. Cause I'm, it's never my fault when I'm out. <laughs> so next time when I'm out. Maybe maybe let one slide, Ben. You don't have to mention it, you know. <laughs> um, but look, great podcast to get to here. Uh, first thing up, obviously got to talk about college basketball. When we were going through the note, you know, when we were down, writing what we were going to talk about, Stanford upsetting Arizona. And it wasn't by one or two. It was by 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's getting a little college basketball. Can you talk to me about this upset? Yeah. So that was one of the most notable results we had of last week. That happened uh, on New Year's Eve, actually. Stanford beat Arizona at 182. And Arizona, you know, they're ranked number four. They're one of the best teams in the country, or at least I I kind of think so. You know, they're number four. They're up there, obviously. They were the first team taken in our draft, in both of them. Yeah, they, they were the first team taken in our draft. So they've been really solid. But, you know, this happens. Obviously, it's college basketball. We saw Northwestern beat Purdue. Now we're seeing Stanford beat Arizona. So big upsets obviously that's what um you know if you even watch college basketball a little bit you know that about college basketball there's a lot of upsets especially when you get the march that's part of the reason why people love it so much and yeah stanford got a big win uh by 18 points um they had uh the spencer jones uh the senior forward had 21 points he was the leading scorer for stanford and they had a player off the bench who is a relative of a former NBA player. Um, he's Paige Stoyakovich's son, Andre Stoyakovich. Um, yeah, he was uh, famously played for the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. really good shooter. He, wasn't um, he, he was in their front office or something for a little bit, right? Um, I don't know. He may have been. I, I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. I'm like that. 80% sure he did something in their front office for a little bit. Like, I think he's still around the NBA doing stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he's in it in some sense. I'm not 100% sure. But, but I do yeah. remember, he was a great shooter. Oh yeah, yeah, he was really great a shooter, fantastic shooter. But his son is a freshman at Stanford. Um, you know, really like high-profile recruit coming out of high school. I think he was like top thirty, top twenty-five, something like that. 
Um, and now he's a freshman at Stanford, 6'7", um, and he had 16 points in this game. He had a really solid uh, game for Stanford, 6'10 um, from the field, made one, two, three. So um, just interesting there. Um, good game for him, and Stanford gets the win. Stanford overall not has had, hasn't had the best season. They are 6'6 six six so far, um, but they do get a really good win against Arizona. Um, a couple other good games that I wanted to go to from this past week the first of which is going to be uh, Seton Hall beating Providence. Uh, the Big East this year has just been pretty crazy already. We've seen, and I, I don't know if I'd say this is a massive upset, but it was an upset because Providence was ranked 23rd. Uh, Providence was at home, and Seton Hall did beat them 61-57. So we've already seen some upsets in the Big East. Very interesting conference. Then we had Miami. Uh, they beat Clemson, who Clemson, um, you know, a team who was one of our last unbeaten teams. Um, they have now lost, uh, they lost to Memphis uh, a couple weeks ago, and then they just lost to Miami, giving them their second loss. They actually have a big game today against North Carolina, um, on ESPN two at noon. Um, as, as we're recording this, it's, it's in about an hour from now. So that should be a really good game. Miami gets the win there. Um, the only other one I wanted to talk about is Purdue and Illinois. This is probably the best game so far we've had this week. And Purdue won this game. They had a big lead for a lot of the game. Um, I actually fell asleep toward the end of this game. But Illinois did make a little bit of a run. They tried to come back, um, but fell short. Um, and once again, Purdue just continues to to look like arguably the best team in college basketball. They're 14-1. and one. They're the number one ranked team in the country. Um, and they have another uh, good showing. You know, again, I mean, Zach Eadie actually only had 10 points in this game. He had 10 points, 15 rebounds, but they get production from other guys. Uh, Trey Kaufman, Wren, the sophomore, had 23 for them. So really solid game for Purdue. Uh, Illinois is a team that's been playing really well. Obviously, they are without uh, Terrence Shannon uh, with, with the scandal he's involved in with right now. So without their leading scorer, they still have a lot of talent, a lot of good players. Um, we'll have to see if they can, you know, continue to play uh, really well because I mean yeah they lost to Purdue but it's it's Purdue right like Purdue is again like maybe the best team in the country this isn't uh, a bad loss for Illinois by any stretch um, but those are some of the best games from the week um, the only other thing is today uh, this is Saturday we're recording this a lot of good games let's say we have incredible that, games yeah that if you're listening to this you, they would have already happened um, but a ton of good games North Carolina Clemson is one I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Providence at Creighton. Um, and then we have Ole Miss, who is one of the last undefeated 13 teams. And 13 0. They go at Tennessee today. I think that's going to be their first loss. Uh, I think so. Uh, but we will have to see. Uh, Brandon, anything else that you would like to talk about uh, as far as college basketball goes? I don't know if you mentioned it in one hour here. Uh, maybe you did. Marquette Seton Hall. Did I miss that you said that? That's another one. Yeah, that's okay. another one. Um, and that's big implications for us. We're bi- we're the biggest Marquette fans this year. I think Marquette might be my favorite team this year. I'm so serious because Michigan stinks. Yeah. Bowling Green, Bowling Green will always be a favorite. You know, they're always up there. Yeah, they took a loss. To I know they took a loss. It was a bad one. I know, I know. I was hoping we didn't have to mention it. I was hoping we could slide by without mentioning it. it. But Marquette uh, is going to be one of my favorite teams. And Trevor, I'm excited because we get to root for a team together. Um, and this Marquette team is they're fun. They are fun. So mm-hmm. big game for Marquette. Um, definitely looking forward to that one. Um, so yeah, that I think you mentioned the other good ones. Maybe Nebraska, Wisconsin, Nebraska is twelve and two. Um, it is in Wisconsin, but that that could be another good game. Nebraska can get under the resume. I think Nebraska has. Um, I think they have a good, like a really good win already. 
Um, I'm trying to look through. Maybe not. I don't remember. I mean, they. I mean, they. Yeah, it doesn't look like they have. I thought they had like a staple win, but yeah, nothing I mean, yet. At the very least, they beat Oregon State by 21 points. It is a Pac-12 team. Oregon State's not very good, I would say, but they do have that one. Um, they beat Michigan State. I, I, I would, I would call that probably a good win. That's not a good um, one. That's actually a bad win. So the they, fact you have they to play do them. have that. They also beat Kansas State. So. They do have some like solid ones. Um, yeah. They also got annihilated by Creighton a few weeks ago. So I don't know. It's it's early. There's a lot of these teams that like um, whether it's they play weak schedules or maybe they just uh, are playing really well to start the season. And it's kind of hard to tell, like, is this team actually for real? We don't usually find out until we get into conference play. So Nebraska is one of those teams, um, you know, in the Big Ten Northwestern's another one of those teams that I think is probably not a, a real threat. Um, but you know, those are just some of those teams like that. And this is a, definitely a big test to go at Wisconsin, a team who I am convinced is a, is a pretty solid team. I think will definitely be in the tournament at Wisconsin. I think they're really solid. So that'll be a good game as well. Yeah, 100%. Let's get to the other major college sport, uh, college football. We had both playoff games this past week. My Michigan Wolverines prevailed again against Alabama. Um, and uh, I think we were both pretty close on the score. I think I projected 23-16. Um, and 27-20, and you projected something similar to 27-22. I said 24-17. Yeah, so we, we were both pretty close uh, on the uh, on the predictions. Uh, so this game was an interesting game. Uh, the first half, Michigan really, I felt, dominated it, and the scoreboard didn't reflect how well they dominated it. In the third quarter, <clears throat> Michigan got into this very repetitive offense of running two runs for one yard and then throwing on third and eight and being in a bad position. Um, but they, Alabama never really could take the game back fully. They definitely got some good ball movement in that third quarter, even in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, McCarthy went all the way down the field when he had to, tied the game up, uh, at 20. They went into overtime, um, and, you know, we, we know the rest. Michigan, you know, cut down real quick. Uh, I believe Corum ran in in overtime, ran the ball in. Uh, Alabama, Milrow had, the, there was some snapping issues in Milrow. I uh, had a weird snap and kind of fell on the ball a little bit at like the two yard line. Uh, they, I think they probably could have gotten in there. I do think Michigan was just the better team. They, 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 I think they deserved to win, but Alabama was a very formidable opponent. Um, and, uh, overall it was, it was, I think, a a, a weird game. That's, I think it was a very weird, weird game. A lot of mistakes on both teams. Michigan's special team was awful. Truthfully, they shouldn't have went into overtime. I mean, Michigan had a muff punt, which Alabama scored a touchdown on in the first half, which they couldn't move the ball in the first half. They had a missed field goal and a missed extra point. So special teams needs to lock it in a little bit uh, because really they should have never been in overtime uh, at all. Uh, so got to lock it in a little bit. Um, but what, what were your thoughts on this game here, Michigan-Alabama? Yeah, it was a weird one early because it definitely seemed like uh, the nerves were there. A lot of mistakes, particularly from Michigan. Um, special teams again. Alabama had some mistakes too. They, Alabama, they definitely Alabama had some mistakes. some mistakes. I don't want to discredit and say like, oh, you know, Michigan lost this game. They they both played pretty weird football. Uh, I mean, Alabama had the snapping problems. They had a fumble in the second half. Mm -hmm. um, it, there was a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, they did have the fumble in the second half. So I, I you know, it was interesting. There was mis mistakes. Overall, I, I thought it was a really good game, especially like the fourth quarter, like leading up um, to the end there, because I felt like pretty much the entire game. I was like, M Michigan's the better team. That's how I feel. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win this game because they, they were making some big mistakes. And, um, you know, we saw like 
and the missed field goal, and it was like, eh, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, I think Michigan's better. I don't think they're a ton better, and if they're making some of these mistakes, that could be the difference there. Um, but Michigan was able to drive down the field uh, in the last few minutes of the game to tie it up at 20, um, and then obviously we saw in overtime uh, they were able to win it there. They got a big stop, uh, Alabama on downs in the overtime, and just a really great game overall, really fun. I mean, Milrow, one of the things, like, some of his runs were just incredible, how he escaped, because Michigan, uh, for a while, was doing a really good job getting pressure on him, and uh, the the throwing game, the the passing game, was pretty much non-existent for Alabama for the majority of the game. But Pretty much the whole game, they yeah, couldn't really pass. Yeah, pretty much the whole game. He only had 116 passing yards, and he was 16 for 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so, really, they, they didn't pass a lot, and they, they really neither team passed that much. I mean, even Michigan mm-hmm. was 17 for 27 passing um they had a lot more yards but 116 yards is not a lot of passing yards at all yeah not at all so and i think really that's more credit on michigan's secondary michigan's secondary is very very good they have like three uh drafting you know eligible guys that are going to get drafted not like necessarily first rounders but top you know 150 picks across all three of those guys um so De- michigan's secondary was was really great they're gonna have a big challenge coming up here big big challenge yeah and uh, so, but Alabama's running game in the second half is when they really started to, to click. I mean, Jace McClellan, uh, he had a lot of really solid runs. He he ran for 87 yards, averaged 6.2 yards per carry. And then Milrow, again, just like the, the pressure that he was getting and just escaping it and converting some of the first downs was incredible that, you know, helped them get down the field. But at the end of the day, Michigan was a better team. They did win uh, in a really solid game, you know, like, I think Alabama played probably their best game this season against Georgia, and that's part of the reason why they beat them. Um, and, you know, I, I thought they were still pretty decent. But, again, just their offense, I think, has limitations. And, yeah, part of that's Michigan's defense. But at the end of the day, uh, Jalen Milrow just hasn't become a, a great passer yet. Maybe next year he, he can improve that. Maybe he'll become really good next year. But he hasn't become a great passer yet. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited yeah. for his development. I, I really think he's going to like pull it together. And he has a lot of the traits that Lamar had early in his college career to a little bit of a lesser degree. Lamar was definitely a better passer at that point in time, but he still had a lot of mistakes. Obviously, like, you know, even early in Lamar's collegiate career, he was. He was putting up like crazy, crazy numbers. Milrow's not quite doing that. But I'm really excited for his development. I like Jalen Milrow. I, I I think this he's just very young in his college career. This this game was very big and you know, he had to play a really great defense. I I, I really do believe he's gonna have a great college career. And I, I like him like as a prospect. Like he's he's gonna be very good. As an come. NFL prospect? I mean not like like as a prospect <laughs> in the future. Not right yeah. now. I, I think yeah, I think he'll develop into a really good college quarterback. I mean I mean, right now I've seen pretty much nothing that indicates that you'd be a good NFL quarterback. But again, it is early, so that I guess that could change. Um, but yeah, he's very, I mean, he's very raw. You can see like the raw potential. Like uh, there was one throw against Michigan. His big thing is he can throw far. He can really chuck the ball. Yeah. The one throw against Michigan, um, it was in the second half, and it was he was running uh, to his right, and he threw it uh, like over his body to the right side, and he threw it like thirty yards, perfect dime. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's. That's like incredible talent. Like that's very few players in college right now could make that exact throw. So I, I think he has a lot of potential. It's a question of can he get there, and especially in Alabama's offense, can he get there? Yeah. Um, because a lot of you know we've seen in the past a lot of those quarterbacks use it as a crutch because they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited for his development. I really am. 
Um, anything else you want to mention on this game? I, I, I think both of us, I, I watched a little bit of the Washington Texas game, but I don't think you, you got to catch much of it. Um, so we won't spend too much time here. Um, Washington won. I'm, I was definitely surprised. I thought Texas will win, but it was another good game. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., 430 yards, two touchdowns. He had another great game. Uh, seems like Quinn Ewers also played really well. Seems like, honestly, both these teams played pretty solid. Um, not really much of a defensive battle. I'm excited to see Washington-Michigan game overall. Me too. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this game? Because I have more to comment on the Michigan-Washington game. Yeah, I mean, I, I just continue to think Penix is awesome. He is a, he is the best quarterback. I, and again, I did, I wasn't really watching a lot of LSU games, so that's just a blind spot for me. I'm sure he, he won the Heisman. He ended a phenomenal year. I get it. But Penix, personally, he's the best quarterback I have seen a lot of this year. That I'm just like this guy is amazing as a, as a college quarterback at least to, you know nothing and I think by the way I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback too because I just I just believe in him from what I've seen but in strictly college he is incredible as a college quarterback everything I've seen from him he's so accurate um, yeah I get it he has great receivers but <laughs> some of these throws he makes are pretty wild I I think he's awesome and yet another really good game here um and you know against Texas I mean two really great offenses Quinn Ewers by the way a guy who you know he'll be back at Texas I assume right next year he'll be back he's at Texas. supposed to be coming back he'll yes. be back at Texas um and he's a guy who could you know become well he already I think he's already he an incredible prospect. talent yeah. So next year, he's going to be a guy who uh, I could definitely see people being like, he's like the number one quarterback next year, potentially. I, um, I think he could go out this year and he'd be like a top 100 pick. Yeah. He, he definitely has a lot from really staying. Good. I actually think potentially McCarthy's in the same boat. He, I, he's been dropping recently and like he was mocked like top 15. And I think he definitely like has the talent that he could go in the first round. But he has been dropping just because these other quarterbacks throw. I mean, Penix through 40 times mm -hmm. there's just more tape on these guys yeah um i actually don't like Penix as a uh nfl prospect nearly as much as other people he's excelled really well at this college level but he's only done it with like the three best receivers in college football it's the best receiving group in college football i mean all all three of the guys they they get like the most separation this year uh, in, in college football and they, I'm not saying he doesn't make good throws. I'm just saying he definitely has easier throws than most. Um, so I, I think he's not going to be also as like throwing mechanics are so wacky that there's a lot of nervousness with that in, uh, in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm not as big of a believer in Penix as a NFL prospect as a college prospect. He scares me a lot. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this game coming up. We have Washington, Michigan, mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited. I think both of these teams have a big challenge. Um, Michigan more so uh, than I think Washington. I think Michigan, they haven't played an offense quite like Washington's with these receivers and this level of quarterback. They've played Penix before, but not with these levels of receivers and the offense that they have. I think this is going to be a very good defensive challenge for them. Saying that, I don't know if Washington's played a, a, a group of a, like secondary that's quite like Michigan's. Um, that's going to be a very big challenge for them. Um, you know, it's great offense versus great defense there. What's really going to win the game is how much can Michigan score on their defense. If they're scoring with ease, like it's like no big deal, they're going to win the game. If they're going to struggle getting down the field like they did with Alabama, which I understand Alabama has a much better defense than Washington, much, much better. If they're going to struggle like that, they're not going to win this game. So I, I think that's going to be the big key. Now, saying that, 
I do think Michigan's going to win. I've been saying throughout the entire year, Michigan's the best college football team. I believe they're going to win it all. They're in the playoff. They beat Alabama. I think they're going to beat Washington. I, I really do believe that. Um, but they're definitely, this is going to be a very challenging opponent. They should not take them lightly. Um, and I definitely think Washington can do some damage. Um, and it's going to be a good game. I really do believe it'll be a really great game. Yeah, I'm... I'm very torn on this game because like you said, it's it's the matchup of like this amazing defense, maybe the best defense in college football and one of the best offenses, if not the best in college football. So it's that great, like the defense versus the offense matchup. I'd say both are the, um, the best this year. Yeah, respectively. I, you could definitely yeah, argue that. And so it's going to be interesting to see like I one of my worries about picking potentially picking Washington is that. I don't like I think Michigan could just have a really good game running the ball because of their offensive line. And I don't know if like I think I have a feeling that Michigan could easily control the pace very well. And Washington's defensive line would just get tired. They'll continue having success with Corum. I, I could see Corum having a huge game and just them controlling the clock, controlling the game. Washington's defense getting tired. And then on the other end. You know, I think Michigan's, if they have like 60, 60 to 65% of the possession, maybe even 70, that's going to limit Penix's opportunities. And he's going up against the best defense he's played this entire year. So I think it could be tough. And in those opportunities, especially if Washington isn't converting in the red zone, getting touchdowns instead of field goals, that's where it becomes a really uphill battle for me. I, I want to pick Washington. I really do, but I don't think I can ultimately just because I think the battle of the lines is really the biggest advantage that Michigan has. And I, I think that ultimately is going to win the day. I think it's going to be very close. I think Washington will have their opportunities. I think Penix will still play a, a solid game. I don't know if he'll have a great game against this Michigan defense, but he'll have a solid game. Um, but he'll probably need to be close to perfect um, in order to, you know, win this. Because, again, I just think that that running game for Michigan is probably going to be really solid. And eventually they'll, you know, they'll they'll end up taking it. I would say something along the lines of like a 27-24, something like that, where I think Michigan's offense will be able to have a lot of success um, and control the clock. Um, and just over and over again, I think they'll be able to slowly get down the field and uh, do well. So, yeah, I, I have Michigan. So, I, yeah, I, I obviously think Michigan's going to win, uh, like I said. I... And much more concerned on Michigan's run than than you are. The, there is this perception that Michigan has this great running offense, and they do. They they do have a very good running offense. It has not been nearly as good as people think it has. McCarthy's got to win this game for them. If we look at their past couple games, the big games they've had against Iowa, who does have a very good defense, I understand that they ran for one point nine yards per run. Corum averaged three point three yards per run in uh, the Big Ten championship versus Ohio State. Um, they had, they ran for four yards a rush. Corum rushed for four yards. Edwards three point one. In the game against Alabama, again they rushed. It was like right around four. Again, it's four point one yards per rush. Edwards two point eight. Corum four point four. They have not been blowing teams away with the rush. Uh, and I I think Washington's a definitely a much easier defensive opponent than the last three defensive opponents they've had: Alabama, Iowa, and Ohio State. Um, but I, I think it's going to be tough to run the ball, especially if Washington can like really score easily. They're not going to be able to run the ball. So I, I think this game goes down to McCarthy. 
both of these quarterbacks have a real opportunity here to improve their draft stocks. I think Penix specifically does. Penix, I think like a lot of people think he's a first round pick, but there's definitely some discussion, especially since he's a lefty. He has weird throwing mechanics. He's been in this great offense. This is going to be a true challenge for him. And I, I, I think he has the potential to like bump his stock up where like he's a for sure first rounder like he's getting dropped at top 15 for sure mm-hmm. McCarthy if he leaves right now I think he's gonna be a second round pick I think he's gonna be like 40 to 55 that's my guess right now that's kind of where he's getting mocked and it seems like he's being lost a little bit you know with Bo Nix and Shiloh Sanders and Michael Penix that, that those are kind of the tier two guys and he's wrapping up that tier two uh, at, at the uh, tail end. I think he has the opportunity in this game, if he can really throw well and really dominate the game, uh, to put himself you know, at the later end of that first round. So both these quarterbacks, I think, have a lot to gain in this game. And I'm really excited to see both of them uh, ball out. I'm hoping Michigan wins. That would be awesome. Um, and I, I think they are going to win. I'm going to go with 38-28 Michigan. Mm, okay. That's going to be my prediction. I, mm. I think... The the last three weeks playing those really difficult defenses, um, and honestly, like if we're being frank, Ohio State, Alabama, and Washington are all probably pretty close. Um, yeah. In, in terms of like how good they are, uh, Washington's played Oregon, and they're they're a very similar type of team as Washington is. So I, I'm interested to see how they handle playing a very unique style team that they have not played. Um, and I, I think Michigan will take it. I just think they're the better team, and I, I'm gonna bet on. I've been betting on them every game. Well, not literally betting on them, but uh, you know, handshake betting on them every single game this year. Um, this is their year. They gotta pull it out. So let's go blue. Uh, and I'm I'm rooting for them. I want them to win bad. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see on Monday. We'll see. Um, let's move on here to the NBA, professional basketball, professional sports as a whole. Starting the NBA, I I know we're gonna get to you know some teams' issues. Uh, we I see on the list we got the Lakers' issues. They've been stinking it up since they've won that very important in season tournament, that legacy game for LeBron James. Uh, but what other NBA topics do we want to get to get into today? Yeah, so I just want to quickly talk, just quickly touch on two actually two really good games I'm gonna to touch on. Uh, the first of which, and we we did talk about the Thunder last week, but they well. They they sort of continued it even though they they lost last night, um, but they beat the Celtics earlier this week, uh, one twenty seven to one twenty three. Um, just really good game from the Thunder. So I wanted to mention that it was a fantastic game again. Like Oklahoma City Thunder, they need to be on national television. It's it, it kind of stinks that they aren't a lot, but I'm looking at their schedule and they do have a couple games coming up. Um, next Monday, the 15th, they play the Lakers on NBA TV. It's a late game though. 1030 too late for me. I'll be putting that on the DVR. I'll watch it the next day. Um, and then they play the Clippers, uh, Tuesday, the 16th at 10 PM also will be a DVR game, uh, from Trevor, um, against the Clippers. So a couple good games that they'll get on national TV. If you have not seen the thunder play yet, watch the thunder. Record the games, figure out a way to watch them. Um, they're must-see television. They're really good right now. They get the win against the Celtics. Other game I wanted to mention that I did uh, get to see the end of this game it was fantastic. The Bucks and the Spurs, and uh, you know this game was on TNT. Um, I think mainly because of Wimby. Other than that, I don't think the Spurs are much of a draw. Uh, but they're playing a uh, a Bucks team that is you know at near the top of the East, and I think most people would have said, well, the Bucks are just going to win by twenty to thirty points. That's going to be a blowout, but that's not what happened. The Spurs uh, almost beat them. They came very close to it. Devin Vassell 
Leading score for the Spurs, 34 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 four assists. And Victor Wembanyama had 27 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 blocks. Um, and this game was really good because, um, number one, Giannis is Giannis. He's just absolutely incredible. And, you know, one of the things about Giannis that's really interesting is that he's not normally a, great, a good 3-point shooter at all. He's a bad 3-point shooter. But he, for whatever reason, he seems to make the threes in the biggest moments. It kind of reminds me of like Shaquille O'Neal with free throw shooting. When I remember when he was with the Heat, he was probably, I think Shaq's like a career like 50% free throw shooter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's low. But then you watch him in like the finals or like the playoffs and he'll just like make clutch free throws and it's the weirdest thing. And I feel like Giannis is a little bit like that with three-point shooting where he just starts like making threes when it matters which is interesting, and he did that in the Spurs game. He made two Wait, big you're telling threes. Me, you're telling me Giannis isn't a three-point just god? No. If, <laughs> if he was, he might be the greatest player of all time. <laughs> he would uh, be the greatest. <laughs> Can you imagine if Giannis even shot like if he, 37% if from he, three? If he could shoot the three. He'd be the greatest player of all time by a mile. If he was as good of a three-point shooter as Steph Curry, he'd be the greatest player of all time. No doubt. <laughs> even if he was modestly good. like Maybe, yeah. Like, even if he was like career like what LeBron has. What's LeBron have? Like 36% or something? Um... He's I, think around ma- I think now he's around there. Maybe career might be a little lower. I'm not really sure. That would be crazy. Um, but yeah, Giannis <laughs> is a career 28.5% free th- three-point shooter. This year he's 24%, even worse. Um, but yeah, he seems to make them when they matter. Uh, Giannis had 44 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. Absolutely nuts stat line for Giannis. And Damian Lillard did not have the best game overall, but he turned it on in the fourth quarter, 25-10 and 10, uh, for him. And this game was just good for all of the moments that we saw late in the game. There was one where Dame drove to the rim and Giannis uh, blocked his shot, or not Giannis, Victor Wembanyama blocked his shot against the glass. Uh, We had then on the other end, Victor Wembanyama hits the three. And then immediately Giannis goes coast to coast, just barrels through everyone and one handed dunks it from like almost a free throw line, like nuts. And then we had another play where Giannis tried to dunk it a couple plays later, and Victor Wembanyama sent a shot back. So just over and over again, so many great plays in this game. A, a fantastic regular season game that we had. Other than that, um, I, I did want to go into some team issues because, well, unless, unless you had anything to say about either of those games, Brandon, I'm I'm going to talk about. I'm ready. Uh, team issues. issues. Let's talk about the Lakers because I don't know if LeBron yes. could do any wrong. I, I'm pretty sure everyone else stinks on the team. Mm, I don't know. Uh, the Lakers are 17 and 19. They just lost to the Grizzlies last night. Um, that was after losing to the Heat on national television um, on Wednesday. That that game made me very happy, obviously. Without Jimmy Butler, the, the Heat beat the Lakers by 14 points. In the Lakers, yeah, they, you know, since the in-season tournament, they have struggled. Um Anthony Davis has had a really good season. He's, you know, 25 and 12. Um, He's barely missed any games. Uh, Anthony Davis has played 34 games this season out of the 36. Yeah, he's only missed uh, two games this entire season, which is pretty rare and awesome to see because Anthony Davis, when he plays, is awesome. LeBron's played 33 games. He's only missed three on the season. So both their two best players have not missed many games, which... If you were to look at the standings and you say, okay, well, the Lakers are struggling, you know, compared to last year's, usually that's in part because one of their two stars is not healthy. One of them is out. It could be Davis, it could be LeBron. Usually one of them is out. That's not the case this year. 
They are both they've both been healthy pretty much the entire season. They've missed a combined five games, so they've been playing, and yet the Lakers are the 11 seed in the West. They're not even in the play-in right now. So, what's going on with this team? Well, their offense for one is just not very good. They're only averaging 113.7 points per game, which puts them 10th in the West. Um, so their offense has not been very good. Um, and they're not getting a ton of production from some of these other guys. I mean, Austin Reeves, he's been, you know, he's been solid. I wouldn't say he's been as good as he was in the playoff run last year, though. So I, I think he could, you know, I, I would say Austin Reeves, I'm, I'm not going to be super critical on him. He's been decent, but I think he could play better. I think that obviously LeBron, he's 39 years old. He's not anywhere near the same defender that he was. So that's a little bit of an issue. But if we're sticking strictly to the offensive end, they're not getting enough production from these other guys. They're not getting enough from D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, a guy who they decided to sign that I wasn't fully on board with. Um, He's only averaging 12 points per game. He's also missed some games as well. Torian Prince also in their starting lineup. And if you keep going down the line, like... Yeah, they have Davis, they have LeBron, they have Austin Reeves. There has to be five people on the basketball court at the same time. You have to have five starters. And the Lakers, although they did get to the Western Conference Finals last year, in in large part starting D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura, those guys, I, I don't know, especially Rui, he's not really going to be a starter for you on most other like winning teams. You know, like if Rui Hachimura goes to the Boston Celtics, he's like their 11th man. He's riding the bench. If he goes to the Denver Nuggets, he's riding the bench. But on the Lakers, he's a starter. Like he's playing, a you know, a, a decent amount of minutes. Um, Torian Prince is a guy who's not really a starter. Typically, he's been starting a lot of games for the Lakers. Um, he'd be riding the bench on some of these other contenders. So that's a big issue for them. I know a lot of Lakers fans have also been critical of Darvin Ham, the rotations, playing a lot of bigs, stuff like that. Darvin Ham, he he could be on his way out. There was a report that said, and, and this is kind of crazy, Brandon, because I don't think you've seen this. Uh, apparently, there are six sources, six. We don't know who the sources are, but there are six sources that uh, want Darvin Ham out, basically. So I, six, so six players are they saying? Like, is that what they're implying? I I don't know. It, it could be six players. It could be LeBron, Anthony Davis, and four other players. It could be people in the front office. Could it just be me? Like, it just could be. It, it could be anyone. It, it could, could I be, be one of the six sources, Trevor? Like, genuinely, you could, could I? You could be one of the six sources. <laughs> um. So I don't know. That report was pretty crazy, but it's clear that you know things aren't going the best for the Lakers right now. Um. Yeah, it was a, it was but it's a not LeBron's of, fault. Just I just want everyone to understand it's not LeBron's fault. I mean, LeBron's on the team. He's partially <laughs> responsible. LeBron's perfect. It's everyone else's LeBron's fault. LeBron's on the team. No, He's no, I don't think LeBron's ever did anything wrong. Um, no, he has. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah, sh- it was Sham's story on the Athletic, um, and he cited that there were six sources. So I don't know six six inside sources. So yeah, Darwin Ham he could be gone soon. I don't know. We'll have to monitor it monitor it but yeah the lakers are having issues how can they change it can they do they get a new coach i don't think getting a new coach is necessarily going to solve it i think they need to get another score slash creator and when you look at the other score the scorers creators that are on the market well you have zach levine the bulls i think are going to try to get rid of him because when he went out with his minor injury the bulls actually started playing better so zach levine's on the market 
Um, I think Pascal Siakam's on the market, but I don't know how the Lakers exactly would get him. That could be tough. If you're trying to get one of those guys you're packaging together, like D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, they have the one first round pick that's like a, it's literally like a 20, 29 for like, it's like in five years, their next first round pick they can use. But those are kind of their assets um, that they can use to trade. I'm, I, I know a lot of people are down on Zach Levine and I get it. Like the Bulls have been playing better without him. He's not the best defender. I'm not quite as down on Zach Levine in general. I think for the Bulls, yeah, get rid of him. The Bulls should be trying to go backwards and get a good pick. Um, they shouldn't keep Zach Levine. But I think for the Lakers, Zach Levine could be a piece that could be really useful for them with LeBron, with Davis, with Austin Reeves. Um, I think that could be good. Will the Bulls be willing to trade him for Russell, a first-rounder in Rui? Maybe not. So maybe it's a moot point. But if Zach Levine is available, if the Lakers can get him, I'm down for that if I'm a Lakers fan. I don't know if everyone else is. Would they win a championship but, um, with Zach Levine? Well, they, they'd they be better, that's for sure. But would they win a championship? Well, no, probably okay, not. Okay, then I don't want Zach Levine on the team. <laughs> well, the, but the thing is, like, the moves are... The moves I know, the it's, not that, it's are, not that simple. It's ...are so yeah. limited, yeah. you know? And it's like, if you're all... Like, if if the choice is we just keep it how it is, or we, we try to get, like, a Zach Levine or a Pascal Siakam, one of those guys... Or, like, what's the other move? Like, trade LeBron, trade Anthony Davis, blow it up completely. I, I don't know if they you should, can do that either. They should trade LeBron to whatever team is actually going to win. So Just stat pad his championship. So, the Miami Heat? Are they going to win? With LeBron, they're going to win. Cha- I, I mean, yeah, they're already good right now. And if they have LeBron... Sure, then put him on the Heat. I don't care. Hmm. Whatever LeBron can get championships, that's where he should go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bill Simmons on his podcast threw out. People are kind of clowning Bill Simmons because he threw out a weird hypothetical trade on Friday about um, basically like LeBron and Gabe Vincent for I think he said like Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry um, and like a pick or something like it was like I was like sitting there laughing because it was a wild trade offer. I think who do you have? I think he had do you have Zach Lowe or he had he had someone else on the podcast who threw in an actual like better trade that included Tyler Hero and other people. But I I'm totally down. Yeah. LeBron gave Vincent. Let's get the, those two guys back for Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry and a pick. Yeah. Count me in because that is a insane hypothetical trade. But uh, yeah, steal for one of the teams getting the greatest player of all time. And then for yeah, all the other players don't matter. So. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's the greatest player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, any other NBA news you want to get into here? Yeah, uh, we talk, I mean, we've talked about the Warriors occasionally. They're struggling. I'll go through. Is Kerr out? No. <laughs> no. There's, there's people that hate him over there. Jonathan Kaminga supposedly yeah. said he can't get any better. <laughs> Which is wild. That's crazy. Jonathan, like, whether or not he should be, maybe he should be playing more. He's, yeah, it's probably, he's probably right. Like, I think he probably should be playing more. Kerr probably shouldn't have. I think he kept him out for, like, 18 minutes straight or something. And then they ended up losing on a buzzer beater to Denver. Um, So, Kaminga probably should have been playing more. He's one of their best, like, five players, probably. So, he should have been out there. But for him to basically just be like, nah, Steve Kerr, I don't like you. And I'm just going to come out and say it, basically. I think it's pretty wild. Like he's not even not only is he not a star player, he's not an all star level player. He's just like a role player. And he's coming out and saying that he doesn't like his coach. That's pretty wild um, for that to happen. So, yeah, the Warriors have a lot of 
you know, issues we've talked about before. Steph Curry's great. He doesn't have enough help. Draymond Green is supposed to be like the team leader. He's been a terrible team leader. He's getting in random fights. He's he's tripping guys. He's punching guys in the head. He's uh, you know, just doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. Um, so yeah, the Lakers have or the Warriors have a decent amount of issues. Um, I don't know what kind of move they can make. Um, to be honest, because they're not going to trade Clay Thompson. Um, and at this point, Draymond Green, who I would totally trade, I would have traded him last year. I, I think I've said that. I, I, I remember would, you saying that. I would yeah. have traded Draymond Green last year, midseason. They chose not to. But now his trade value has got to be an all-time low, I would think. Yeah. Because I mean, I of all these antics. Him. I wouldn't want him on the team. Because of all these antics, like he, his trade value is an all-time low. So, I don't know. It's a tough situation for the Warriors. They clearly need... Um, you know, some more help um, on both ends of the floor, really, offense and defense. They need some uh, shooters, more creators um, on their team and the development of these young guys. It's been it's been solid. Kimming has been decent. Moody's been decent. But I think that uh, the two timelines thing, again, has been a little bit of an issue. So, yeah, those are pretty much my thoughts. Um, Brandon, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? It could be about the Warriors, Lakers, uh, NBA in general. My my big thing I wanted to get to, I mean, you kind of touched on, was Steve Kerr. I, it seems like some of the players want him gone. Kaminga um, does. Kaminga definitely does. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe he was that vocal about it. Like, it wasn't even Sham saying a source says... Uh, you know, the players want or a player wants coming out. He just went out and was just like, I want him gone. Get him out. That's wild to me. So that's it. That's all I wanted to touch on. Um, and yeah, I think we'll move along here to the NFL. Uh, go over some some games from last week uh, a little bit here. Um, so first thing I want to talk about briefly, Cowboys Lions, the controversial call at the end uh, where Taylor Decker Went in, he 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 said he was eligible, uh, and then he got the pass, got the touchdown, or got the two-point conversion. They should have won the game, um, and uh, it's not how it happened. There was a flag for illegal touching, uh, and he the, the call got called back, and they just kept on going for two for some reason. I don't know. If you, if you miss it once and you get another chance, don't go again for two. That should be like a, a universal rule. Um, but they went for it again, and it was, it was rough. Um, it was a good decision to go for two, like when they went for it, but I don't know what they were doing there. But nevertheless, they should have won the game. The Eagles lost again, Trevor, 35-31, this time uh, to the Cardinals, the 4-12 and Cardinals. Um, that's that's bad. That is not good. Um, I don't know exactly what the Eagles started here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. They started 10-1 and one, and since then have been 1-4. Yep. Yep. One and four, only beating the Giants. Granted, they have lost to three uh, solid teams, I guess you could say. Uh, they lost to the Niners by a ton at home. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Seahawks, who weren't a bad team. Uh, the Cardinals' loss is definitely a dumbfounding one. But one and four since starting off. I talked to you a little before the podcast. This is like a little reminiscent to the the Cardinals team of two years ago when they started off like eleven and zero and then lost their last five games, stunk in the playoffs. Um, but you you made a great point. The key difference is this Eagle team is good. They just they just made a Super Bowl. They it's it, the Cardinals weren't good. They just like had a magical year. Same thing as like the Vikings last year just had like this magical year. Um, this isn't quite like that. So what do you think's going on with the Eagles, Trevor? Yeah, this is 
probably one of the biggest things I want to talk about this week uh, because the Eagles, for so long, I mean, the Eagles in a lot of power rankings were number one just like five weeks ago, four weeks ago. They were one of the favorites, if not, I mean, they were the favorite pretty much. I had them there. Um, I had them there. I think according to most people, and now they've had this little fall from grace. Um, and it's really weird because it's not even like they have a ton of injuries. I think typically if a team, you know, if something like this happens, you'd point to, oh, well, what, what, who's injured? Who's hurt? Is Jalen Hurts hurt? Like what's, what's going on? But no, they're, they're pretty healthy. I think, I mean, it's late in the year, obviously no one's fully healthy, but I think relatively speaking compared to other teams that are looking really good, the Eagles are one of the healthier teams, I would say. And they're losing some of these games they shouldn't be losing. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals scored 35 points on them. The Cardinals are a team who are four and twelve overall. Yes, I know part of the yeah, part Murray of the, wasn't playing, the year still, Kyler Murray wasn't back. Still. But last year they lost or last week they lost to the Chicago Bears um twenty-seven to sixteen. The week before that, the 49ers scored forty-five on them. The week before that, I mean they played the Steelers. The week before that they got destroyed by the Rams. So like it's not like, I mean, they're still not a great team just because they had Kyler Murray. No. They're fine. They're better. But, like, they're not great. The Eagles should not be losing to them. And to be giving up 35 points to them, the Eagles were – I mean, last year in the playoffs, the the biggest – I would say arguably the best unit. If, you're, if we're talking about, like, this team's offense, this team's defense, the Eagles' defense, I think – arguably was the best unit in the playoffs. And obviously the Chiefs, yeah, scored 38 points on them. I get it. But their defense was so dominant um, throughout the NFC playoffs against the Niners, um, uh, just throughout that whole playoff run uh, before they played the Chiefs. And now the defense isn't looking nearly as good anymore. Their defensive line, who has all this talent, you know, they have Jalen Carter from Georgia. Uh, You know, they have so many great defensive linemen, but they haven't been playing as if they're these former first round picks, these guys who have so much talent that have performed really well earlier this season, last year in the playoffs. So that's why it's so weird to me. It's not like, Oh, because the chief situation, we can compare it to the chief situation, the chiefs, like they just, their receivers just aren't that good. Right? Like it's, it's a little more explainable. I think the Eagles one is a little bit harder to explain for me because they still are healthy and they have a lot of the same guys. Um, now, one of the things that we talked about before the podcast, and I've heard other people say this, is that you have a guy like a Jalen Carter, a guy like I think it's Josh Harris is his name, that it, that played college football at Georgia uh, very recently or maybe used to playing a lot less snaps, whereas now they're in the NFL. Maybe the long season, the amount of snaps is starting to take a toll on them. They're getting tired, and they're just not performing as well. I don't know. I, I think that's at least one piece of it. There's obviously much more to it. But uh, what do you, what do you think about the Eagles, Brandon? Um, I just think they're broken. I don't think they're gonna be able to get get it together here. They they peaked too early. Um, and not only do they peak too early, now they're just down. Like it just seems like they're broken. Uh, I don't I don't know. It's so weird because like part of me is like, oh, they're just gonna figure it out. Like they're such a good team, so talented. But this doesn't seem like something you could just figure out. This seems like you need a whole off season to to figure it out. Uh, I just don't see them figuring it out in time to to make a deep playoff run. Uh, I I don't even I don't really even understand this. I think that's a decent theory you have, but like even more than that, like it's not like the offense is like incredible. 
You know, it's not like they're like clicking on offense and not clicking on defense or clicking on defense and not clicking on offense. It's just it's just a weird time for the Eagles. Uh, I don't see them getting it together. It's it's it sucks to say. I was such a big believer in the Eagles, uh, and even at the beginning of the year, like when they were kind of scraping by people, they were still winning. I mean, they were ten and one, uh, and one and four in the last five is not going to cut it. They, this doesn't look like a Super Bowl winning team. I don't think they're going to get back there at all. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my thoughts on the Eagles. Um, let's move along here a little bit. Um, look forward. What well, should we do week 18 before we do this, uh, this other thing? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Looking at week 18, we only have a couple really, really important games. First one is definitely Texans Colts. Um, y- you win and you're in, uh, that's, that's, that's what it is for those teams. I believe, I think you're just winning. You're in. Um, so that's definitely important. We have Falcons Saints. Uh, if the Falcons win and then the Bucks lose to the Panthers, the Falcons make it. That's that, that's what I understand. Am I correct there? That's what it seems like. Yeah, because yeah, because I don't know how else. I was looking at it before the podcast, and I was like, "How are they not eliminated?" But I think that is the scenario. Um, they have to obviously beat the Saints, and then the, yeah, the Bucks would have to lose to the Panthers. And I'm I think the tiebreaker would be the divisional record, which they would be four and two. The Saints and Bucks would both be three and three. I believe that's the next tiebreaker. Yeah. If the Bills, so Bills Dolphins next. If the Bills lose and the Steelers win, the Bills are out. Um, so those two things need to happen, and then in that case, the Steelers are in. Uh, so the Ravens can play spoiler to the Steelers, which is nice. But at the same time, I kind of want the Steelers in because I don't think they're that good, and I think the Bills are good. Uh, so that would be pretty cool. Uh, we'll see if the Dolphins care about this game enough and win it. Uh, we'll see. But those are kind of the three important games we have here. The rest of the games are kind of whatever. I guess you could say Ravens-Steelers is a little important then because the Steelers have to win. Um, I mean, the Ravens are sitting guys. We'll see. I don't I don't know what happens there. Um, anything you want to mention about these games quickly? Yeah. this this I'm just looking at the scenarios because it, it always is a little bit confusing. Yeah, it's a little complex. Um, but yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at the Bills here, and if they lose... Because I'm, I'm trying to make sure if they lose to the Dolphins, the Steelers win. Is there still a scenario where they get in? And I I don't – or actually, wait. Well, because – okay, so if Indy, Indy Houston, regardless, the winner gets in. The winner, the winner of that game is definitely in for sure because they both have beaten the Steelers head-to-head. So even if the Steelers win, it doesn't well, matter. What if they tie? They could tie. Ooh. Yeah, if they tie. If they tie. And the Steelers win – and the if Bills they tie, lose, they both get out, and the Bills tie, and Steelers, out. yeah, the Bills and Steelers are in. Yes, this is the reverse is. of the <laughs> the Chargers Raiders situation, where if the Raiders tied, they both made it. Do you remember that? Yes, Raiders I do. Chargers tied, they both made it. Yeah, and if one of them wins, only one of them makes it. Hmm. It really would have been more beneficial if they both tied. Yeah, very interesting. But the Bills, because head to head, the Bills haven't played the Colts or the Texans. They haven't played. Either of those teams this year. It goes to conference record. Yeah, so then you're looking at conference record. If they lose to the Dolphins, that would make them 6-6. Six and six. Um, If the t- Yeah, I mean, regardless, both those teams would have better conference records. The Colts are 7-4 and four right now. The Texans, if they win, would be 7-5. and five. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that's correct. Unless I'm missing anything. I think if the Bills lose and the Steelers win, I think this, 
the Bills are out unless yeah. there's that tie scenario you mentioned. So it's going to be really interesting to see just as far as I, I think we can kind of overall just like talk about like the scenarios, the biggest games that relate to those scenarios. The Texans and Colts is the first one. That's tonight, eight 15. I think the Texans are going to win this game. I think they're better. CJ Stroud is back and playing now. Um, and yeah, I, I just think they're a better team than the Colts. I expect them to win this game. Um, the other scenarios, Falcon saints, I, I haven't been a believer really in the Falcons all season. Uh, no, I, I think they're fakers. I don't think they're that great. Fakers, they, 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 they are under <laughs> 500. They're not good. Yeah, there's, they're 7 there's and 9. Seven. <laughs> I think You're like, these guys aren't contenders. We're like, worse. yeah, we know. <laughs> they're worse than, they're probably worse than 7 and 9. But anyway, I think the Saints are going to beat them, yeah. um, which is going to force a scenario in the um, NFC South where Tampa would have to win and let's see who is the tiebreaker let's just make sure because they've played the saints twice and they are tied and then the divisional record uh oh tampa would have it yeah yeah Tam- tampa has it yeah as long as they win so tampa they're gonna be carolina they're gonna win the division they're gonna be the four seed and then the saints um are going to be nine and eight in my view because they're gonna beat the falcons which means that looking at the NFC playoffs right now, we have San Fran, Dallas, Detroit, and then I think Tampa are going to be the top four. And then you have um, Philly, who's almost certainly going to be, yeah, they're going to be the five um, because, I mean, Dallas ain't losing to the commanders. So Philly's going to be the five. The Rams are already locked. They're going to be the six. And then that seven seed is where it gets tricky. You have Green Bay, you have Seattle, you have New Orleans. Those three teams, Minnesota technically still in it, but Minnesota's, I mean, they're playing, I don't think they're going to get in uh, because one of those teams is going to win. So it's either Green Bay, Seattle, or New Orleans for that seven seed. And Green Bay, really interesting game. I think this game is, well, I don't want to say underrated because it's a arguably the best rivalry in the NFL. Bears-Packers, I am very excited for this game. I think the Bears regardless, I think are going to try to win this game because they're in a situation where they've really been playing well, the Bears have. And I think there's been a lot of discussion about are they going to keep fields? Are they going to trade them? They're going to draft Caleb Williams with the number one pick, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think this is really interesting. I think the Bears are going to do try everything they can to win this game and they might win the game. Um, I think that of those three teams, looking at the tiebreakers here, I actually think the Bears are going to beat the Packers. And I think Seattle's going to get that last spot because Seattle plays Arizona. I think they're going to beat Arizona and they have the tiebreaker over the Saints. So I have yeah. Seattle actually as the seventh seed. And then the AFC, I think Bills will beat the Dolphins. I think, um, well, then the Pittsburgh game doesn't even matter at that point. So the Bills will get the sixth seed. And then I have the Texans as the seventh seed. Um, so that's kind of how I see the the playoff yeah. thing shaking out there. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, I hope the Bills kind of don't make it, but we'll see. It doesn't really matter. Um, but let's go to our, our next little segment here. Let's talk about, you know, the Ravens and Niners have, have are, you know, really great teams. They're the one seeds. Who are the biggest threats to both of them? Let's start with the Niners. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Niners? I still think it's the Dallas Cowboys. I do. That is That has been my take for the last three weeks. I still... I uh, think that's the case, especially with the way the Eagles have been looking because the Eagles would have been previously that team. Now they no longer are. I think it's the Cowboys. 
because of the the potential. Again, I, I still am worried about the Cowboys for a couple different reasons. The biggest one is the coaching. I don't believe in Mike McCarthy. If they're in tight games, I, I just feel like they're going to do something weird with the clock management. He's going to do something weird with the timeouts. It's going to be strange, and they're going to be in uh, some weird games there. But if I'm putting them up against a team like the Lions, who they just beat, again, it was a neck-and-neck -neck game, and you can argue, well, the Lions should have won because of the you know, the whole thing. I lean Dallas over the Lions, and right now, with the way the Eagles are playing, they're not in the, the running. The only other team that's relevant is the Rams. And yeah, the Rams are interesting because I think with Stafford, they Their have offense is really good. Yeah, when when you have Stafford, your floor is already pretty high, um, relatively speaking. So I think they're an interesting team. Um, but it's not like they've looked incredible this uh, they, past couple offense, weeks. Their offense has um, been incredible for five weeks. Yeah, uh, they I definitely mean, could I, be a decent challenger for sure. Maybe I, I mean they they've looked solid. I'll, I'll give them that they've looked solid. They they barely beat the Giants though. I mean it's not exactly like they're uh insane so i i still lean dallas over those other teams again i don't think any of these teams are going to beat the 49ers but my thing is still dallas um and i think dallas is most likely to be the team they play um just because dallas is going to be the two seed in all likelihood and i think they're going to beat um detroit or whoever else they play so i'm also going to say the cowboys but really i don't think I don't, it's tough. The Lions, I don't think are good enough. The Egos don't look good enough. The Rams, I do think are an interesting prospect. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the other teams, I don't, I don't think are that great. I do think it's the Cowboys, but I think there's a pretty big divide between the Niners and the rest of the teams. I just don't see the Cowboys being good enough. I, I've been saying it the whole year. I think the Cowboys are a good team. They're not a great team. Um, so it, it's going to be tough. If Dak can go crazy in a game, then they could, they could, beat the Niners, but it's that's gonna be a very uphill battle for them. Uh I I I'm I struggle to see it there. Um I, I think the Niners will be in the Super Bowl. I just I just think it's it's gonna be. The Baltimore Ravens, my Baltimore Ravens, they might have 14 wins after today. They're at least gonna have 13. Um really great season from them. Lamar is excellent. He might win the MVP. Uh who do you think is the biggest challenger for the Ravens, Trevor? The this one this one's tough because I think it's it's really two teams that I'm looking at here. It's it's the Browns and it's the Bills, actually. Um, those two, because the Chiefs have really fallen. Their, you know, their receiver situation has not been good. They they just don't get ex explosive plays. And I think in the NFL, especially nowadays, I think you need explosive plays. You need explosive offense to win football games to get to the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs don't have that, uh, simply put. So it's not the Chiefs. I don't believe in the Jaguars really at all. Um, the Dolphins, I haven't really believed in all year, um, and the Ravens just annihilated them. They are getting um, Christian Kirk back, which they've been significantly better with him in the lineup. Okay, that's fine. I, I don't really care. No, um, yeah, the, the, that'll help. But I think it's tough because the Bills, to me, have a higher ceiling than the Browns. They, at their best are a better team than the Browns and I think would be a more formidable contender to the Ravens. But I think the Browns, weirdly enough, and this 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 sounds kind of weird to say with the the way the Browns makeup is, but I think they're more consistent than Buffalo is, which is kind of wild. They're on their fourth quarterback. They're playing Joe Flacco. They they don't have Nick Chubb. It sounds wild to say that they're the more consistent team, but they are. They are more consistent than the Bills. And, you know, they played the Ravens twice. One of them, they beat them. Um, obviously, both those games are have been a while ago now. Both of them were in uh, 
One was in October, one was in early November. So it's a while ago. The Browns are a different team. I mean, the Ravens are, to some degree, I guess, a different team. But the Browns definitely are because now they have Flacco and uh, they've been playing better, I think, since then. Um, the Browns also, it feels like they are able, because of their defense, to stay in games um, against most teams. And I think their their defense is something that can... Um, at least to some degree, causes the Ravens some issues, whereas the Bills, I don't really trust their defense to to make the Ravens struggle. So it's very tough. I think for that specific matchup, I and I think I've changed my mind on this, I think I'm saying the Browns now. I think I'm going to say the Browns. I think for that specific matchup, because of the consistency, the way they've been playing, I think the Browns are actually the biggest challenger specifically to the Ravens in the way that matchup would be. There's only one team that's going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. You know who I'm going to say? Themselves. Themselves. It's the only team that's going to beat them. Let's look at their losses this year. They've lost three games this year. The first loss was against the Steelers. They had nine drops in that game. Or the, that, that wasn't their first loss, but the Steelers, they had nine drops in that game, beat themselves. The Browns game, they lost at home. First half um, was... A, a, a pretty one-sided game the Ravens had in the first half. The second half, Watson went 17 for 17 and won them the game. So if Flacco can go 17 for 17 in the second half, Ravens might not win that game. Their third loss was against the Colts. This was in overtime. There was a pass interference that was not called on Zay Flowers. Would have put them in field goal range. They should have won that game. The Ravens this year have only lost to themselves. Now, this doesn't discredit the other teams. I think the Browns are really, really incredible. I've been saying this on the podcast. Like, I... I think Flacco to Watson does not matter at all, that talent difference. The the Browns are a good football team. If they had Nick Chubb, they would be, like in my opinion, pretty close to like a Super Bowl contending team. They definitely have a possibility of beating the Ravens. The Bills, with the way they've been playing, definitely a possibility of beating the Ravens. The Jaguars, with Christian Kirk, have been a significantly better team than without. They have a possibility of beating the Ravens. The Chiefs, Mahomes could turn it up at any moment. We don't know. They could beat the Ravens. The Dolphins put 70 on a team this year. I know the Ravens just destroyed them without Kyle Hamilton, but they could beat the Ravens. Ultimately, I think the Ravens are so good that the only people that are going to beat them are themselves. That's the only team they're going to lose to is themselves. It's, I think it's I, been the same thing the whole year. They're the only team in the NFL that has not truly <clears throat> lost a game against an opponent. They've all lost all three of their games against themselves. So for me, I'm not that scared of anyone. I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. If they got to play the Niners again, it's going to be another good game, I think. I know they beat them pretty handedly, but I that Niners team is really, really great. Fortunately, they have Brock Purdy and the Ravens don't, and that will help them, I think, a lot, uh, as it did in game one. Uh, but that's going to be a tough game because I know I clown Brock Purdy a lot. The Niners are an incredible football team, and there's a lot of incredible teams the Ravens are going to have to go through. The only team that is beating them is themselves, and I'll stand on that. Yeah, I think uh, as far as the Dolphins thing, I, I think the Dolphins never in their life could beat the Ravens. I think they could play 100 times. I think the Ravens would win all 100. The no, Dolphins, they wouldn't win all 100. The Dolphins are not a matchup at all for the Ravens. The way they're constructed. In one of those offense, simulated results. They could never beat the Ravens. In one of those simulated results in your head, Lamar gets hurt in one of those games and Marlon Humphrey so, goes out, Kyle and, Hamilton and, goes out. And Huntley will, will Huntley lead them stinks. down the field for three touchdowns. I, this and is you do not watch the Ravens how I watch the Ravens. Huntley bad. He's Hunt, terrible. Huntley Huntley could still put up thirty plus on the Miami Dolphins. Huntley Huntley can barely throw the ball thirty yards. He he stinks. He stinks. He's one of but the best backups in the league. He is. He's he will not be on the team next year. That's how bad he is. He's bad. They already signed Malik Cunningham. He'll be off the team next year. He's not going to be on a mm. team. 
He's he terrible. Was, he was good last year. He was not good last year. They, when they he played, he was. Good. They were two and five with him. They were bad. He was. He was. He was fine. He was bad. He was good for a backup. No. All right. Let's move on here. We're doing our last tribal council. Unfortunately, we've already lost the tribal council. The Rams are in. Um, I think we're in agreement here in the one team that needs to be said. Uh, all of them are kind of a flip of a coin at this point uh, from the teams that are left. I think the Falcons have the best shot of being out because uh, I, I think we've done the Vikings already, right? Yeah. So it's it's got to be the Falcons. They have the best shot, like most for sure shot, but it's all a flip of a coin really. So I'll say the Falcons, but it's kind of, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, the teams that are up here, because all the teams that are eliminated, we've already crossed out, Um, so none of those teams are available. Obviously. I mean, this was bound to be the hardest week. Yeah, so it's really like the Falcons, they're 7-9. and nine. If they lose the Saints, they're out, obviously. Uh, the Steelers are 9-7. and seven. They they need to beat the Ravens, and they need the Bills to lose. I think they'd be a... I mean, I, I don't think the Steelers are going to make it either, but I, I think the Falcons are a better one um, overall compared to the Steelers because... Well, it's really because Tampa's not losing to the Panthers. Is Tampa sitting people? Are they sitting people? They have. They can't. They have to win. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So they they're ha- playing. Yeah. Tampa. Tampa has to that, win. That automatically gives them a better shot. And they're playing the two and fourteen Carolina than the Panthers. Steelers. I mean, the Steelers are playing a team that's sitting people, and then the Bills are are the Bills like very well could lose. So, I the Steelers definitely have a better shot than the Falcons. I mean, it's the Falcons. It just is. Yeah. Falcons Falcons are out. But yeah, we lost our tribal council, unfortunately. It it's it's really sad to say. Um there's there's no There is someone to blame for this. You can say it. You. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's me. I think it's probably you. Um, no, it's definitely me. It's I definitely. I and the thing is when we did the Rams, I had real hesitations, but I think when we did the Rams, I think Stafford was like he because he missed a couple weeks, he was out. There was a chance he and wasn't then, coming back. Yeah, and then yeah. he was like we weren't sure when he was returning. He was out when we crossed them off. So it was like, okay, Stafford might come back next week, but we don't know for sure. And they were like, I don't know. They were like three and six or something. They, three they and were seven. terrible. They were terrible. They were like Once three they and got, seven or something. I'll say when, when they played the Ravens, I, I will say the team that I thought played the Ravens the best was probably the Rams. They were incredible against the Ravens. The, the Ravens really could have lost that game. Mm. And if they did lose that game, that would have been, in my opinion, the only game that they would have lost that I think the team outplayed them if they did end up losing. The Ravens ended up, I mean, they won off a Tylen Wallace punt return mm. uh, or kickoff return or something. That, that's what they they won on. It was in overtime. They, they, they won in overtime. Right. So, I mean, the game was incredibly close. Stafford, Nakua, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, they are incredibly good. That is a, a very dangerous team. I think of them in the same way I think of, like, the Bills. A wild card team that's just really dangerous, hmm. and I, 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 I don't really want to play either one of those teams, <laughs> so we'll see. But I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Um, thank you all so much for listening, Ben. We missed you if you made it to this point. Let's give a keyword to Ben. Let's see if he made it all the way to the end. Keyword to Ben. Yeah, yeah. What, what should he, what should he say on next podcast? Wrapping paper, just because I'm looking at wrapping paper. Okay, he's got to say wrapping paper. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Um, of course, leave five-star review and subscribe if you enjoyed the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at The Small Baller. Check out our website, thesmallballers.com. All those links will be in the description below. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.